Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support anytime you don't have to hide how you feel whether thou art a ghost that hath come from the earth or a phantom of night that hath no heart or one that lieth dead in the desert or a ghost unburied or a demon or a ghoul whatever thou be until thou art removed thou shalt find here no water to drink Thou shalt not stretch forth thy hand to our own. Into our house enter thou not. Through our fence break through thou not. We are protected, though we may be frightened. Our life you may not steal, though we may be scared to death. Welcome to Scared to Death, Creeps, Peepers, Roberts, and Annabelles. I'm Dan. Hey, Dan. I'm Lindsay. Hello, Lindsay. You look extra beautiful today. Well, thank you, sir. Mm-hmm. A uh, very special episode today. Shake, yeah. Shaking things up, oh. thrown in an interview with Mustafa Gatalori, one of the stars of the reboot of A&E's Ghost Hunters. Yes. Really cool dude. Mustafa's the uh, mm-hmm. paranormal historian uh, and site analyst of the new Ghost Hunters, mm-hmm. their, their new team on A&E. Mm-hmm. Prior to his role in the show, he investigated various claims of paranormal activity in New Jersey for about 10 years. He has around 100 different investigations under his belt. He's delved into everything from abandoned factories and shopping centers to a parking garage in Eastern Europe that have been built over a mass gravesite. And today we're going to interview him about what he and his team saw a few years back at Worley Hospital, mm-hmm. an old, long abandoned hospital in Pampa, Texas. So Pampa. 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 Mampa. Mampa. <laughs> so very excited to have him on. And of course, we have stories today and, uh, you know, always horror stories. Right. And just a quick note, like, uh, for our creeps and peepers, don't worry, the show format is not changing. Uh, you know, this opportunity just kind of fell into our laps to interview Mustafa. Mm-hmm. Super cool dude. Uh, we wanted to shake things up, you know, yeah, it's just, just a, a bit. Yeah, it's just an extra special thing that we get to do. Yeah. It's not a big deal. But then we go I back mean, to stories. it's cool that we're doing it, but, like, we're not changing the show. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. go back to, you know, the regular format next week. Yeah. And I just say that because I remember a long time ago I did um, mm-hmm. a different episode of Time Suck, and there was so much like, what are you doing? Uh-huh. So, Yeah. Yeah, just a little a little extra. Uh, scared to death stickers back in the store at badmagicmerch.com. We love stickers. This is my quiet clap. <laughs> Sorry we were out of stickers for a while. Uh, we just didn't love the quality of the last batch and yeah. we're liking the new ones a lot more. Yep. It's stickers. It's so simple and yet not. Right. It's, it's so stupid. Mm-hmm. I know. So three awesome designs to choose from there. And then before we dive in, uh, thank you again to all of our Annabelles and Roberts for allowing us to give $12,500 to the March Bad Magic Productions charity, the USC Shoah Foundation. This is me doing snaps. (laughs) You probably don't know what snaps are all about. You probably don't know about a snap cup, but 
That's You're it. Doing I'm doing quiet. Snaps? I'm doing very quiet, so don't hurt anybody's ears. Uh, SFI.USC.edu. Link in the episode description if you want to learn more or donate more. And how many stories do you have to? Dose. Dose stories for after we interview Mustafa. Yes, I'm very excited about my stories. Okay. Like really? Yes. Ooh, yes. So excited? Yeah, what, the first one is so... It, it's just bizarre in that, um, yeah, it, um, it, it it's about conjuring something up, but like, can you have more control over it than you mm. think you can? Ooh. So it's very interesting. And then the second story is a uh, folklore that I had never heard of, the oh, Lechuza Brujas. It's a mm. Mexican... Spanish, something. I'll, I have the details. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, women that become witches and All right. owls. It's very strange and very cool. It's going to be a, a witchy woman story. Oh, man. I'm going to have that in my song, in that song in my head. Is that Fleetwood Mac? I think so. <laughs> I have it in my head, too. Um, and I can't sing it, so. <laughs> Uh, I have just one story because then where I would normally tell the second will be our interview. And, yes. and the first story, telling a haunting tale associated with the Worley Hotel or Hospital, excuse me, <laughs> in Pampa. Did I say hotel earlier? I, no, don't, I don't think you did, but I, I think it's just worth I said saying right now where we live, like just not that far from here, <laughs> is a town, Worley. <laughs> right. And they have a uh, casino hotel situation there. Yeah. And your grandparents yeah. love to go there. We've been there a hundred mm-hmm. times. So just keep sneaking, popping into my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this is in Pampa, Texas. Uh, and, and the story I'm telling has nothing to do with Mustafa and his ghost hunters, uh, ghost hunting team's okay. investigation of the building. But through the story, I will set the stage a bit for our interview with Mustafa. Okay. So you can get cozy. Okay, I'm ready. I quite got- a bit of setup. Now, I have this skirt has a very giant slit in it that I'm hiding under the table. Okay. So we're going to do a very casual little, little bunny ears. Very cute socks. Okay. <laughs> okay, friends for life, cousins Luke and Chelsea Dyer always wanted to start a business together. When the iconic Worley Hospital went up for sale a few years ago after sitting vacant for 44 years in the small town of Pampa, Texas, they decided it would be the ideal site for a new bed and breakfast they could run together. Chelsea and Luke had admired the old building since they were kids and were excited by the thought of restoring it and perhaps building it up to surpass its original splendor. Pampa doesn't have a lot of old, beautiful buildings. It's a small ranching and rodeo town of about 17,000, living 55 miles from Amarillo, which lies to the west, and 50 miles from Oklahoma over to the east. Town started out as a small supply stop on the Santa Fe Railroad line, and then the discovery of local deposits of natural gas and oil brought prosperity and turned uh, the town into the Gray County seat. And after economically peaking in the 1960s, a lot of its best jobs left town, and much of the city fell into disrepair, including the once stately Worley Hospital. Sitting at the corner of Somerville Street and Francis Avenue in downtown Pampa since construction finished in 1929, the 12,000-foot building was the first hospital built in Pampa and soon one of two hospitals in town. And for a few decades, it thrived, employing a variety of doctors, nurses, and support staff. But then, due to lack of revenue for a locally declining population, the hospital eventually closed its doors in the late 1970s. The big building has three stories plus a basement, On the first floor were patient rooms, supply rooms, bathrooms, an entrance to the basement, maybe spirits. On the second floor, more patient rooms, bathrooms, the kitchen, dining rooms, and of course, maybe spirits. And on the third floor were surgery rooms, surgical supply rooms, scrub rooms, and a recovery room, and probably spirits. 
<laughs> and all of its floors, plus its basements, surrounded for years by tales of shadowy sightings. Many seem to think one of the ghosts of Worley belongs to Mary Lucille Myers, who poisoned herself back in 1946 when she was just 25 years old. She died inside the hospital where she worked as a nurse. What led this young married woman to make such a drastic and dramatic decision? The reason seems to be as mysterious as sightings of her ghost. Chelsea Dyer thought she saw Mary's ghost after she poured her life savings into buying the Worley Hospital. Her cousin Luke Dyer also saw a shadowy figure shortly after he and Chelsea hired a small crew to begin renovations. A concrete worker they hired, Jorge Rodriguez, claimed to see shadow people. He claimed to feel them following him around inside as he tried to work. After several encounters, he'd had enough, and he didn't want to return to the building, fearing not only ghosts, but the presence of something possibly demonic inside as well. He told Luke and Chelsea and the Ghost Hunters team that he felt especially bad energy on the second floor. Chelsea and Luke then invited Tanya Trimble, a local paranormal investigator, to inspect the building, and she told Luke, Chelsea, and the Ghost Hunters producer that she saw a crawling shadow figure on the first floor. Yeah. Why is that scarier to me than a walking shadow figure? For sure. Crawling adds a whole nother level of disturbing. Uh, many, including Luke, Chelsea, and Tanya, have experienced feelings of extreme dread on the first floor as well. Soon, Chelsea and Luke became so freaked out about paranormal activity, they halted renovations and called in A&E's ghost hunters to come investigate. Chelsea no longer felt comfortable with her plan of living on the third floor and running the rest of the building as a bed and breakfast. She and Luke wanted to see if the ghost hunters team could understand what was haunting the old building and determine if it was safe or not to move in. Had they read the following alleged encounter buried deep in a dark corner of the web, they might have saved the team the trouble and just put the building up for sale. Had they read it early enough, Chelsea probably never would have bought it to begin with. Time now for the tale of shadows and rats. Aaron and two friends, Jimmy and Carlos, were all in junior high back in the 90s when they decided to meet in back of the old Worley Hospital at 1 a.m. one night. The trio had grown up in Pampa and had often talked about the old spooky-looking building, especially after grabbing chili dogs from the nearby Coney Island Cafe or sipping on a malt or a milkshake from Brahms. They'd heard rumors about screaming ghosts and shadowy figures, like the nurse who'd poisoned herself. And one day walking past the old building, a series of dares turned into a sacred can't-break-this-agreement-slash-oath to break into the abandoned hospital. Oh, boy. None of the three kids lived more than two miles from Worley, and they all were well-versed in the ability to sneak out of their rooms at night. They'd snuck out a few times before, mostly to go smoke a few cigarettes or drink a few beers in Central Park down on the banks of Red Deer Creek while talking about girls, music, who was hella cool at their school, <laughs> who was a dork, all the important stuff. When they'd snuck out in the past, they'd obviously worried about getting caught. But sneaking out to visit Worley would give them a whole new set of fears. They figured they could get in more trouble for trespassing than they could for drinking or smoking underage. And then while none of them would admit it to one another, they were all scared of what they might see or what could be waiting for them in the dark inside the big spooky old building. Aaron showed up behind Worley first that night. He'd ridden his bike. Jimmy and Carlos lived a little closer and walked over together. They were too afraid of not being able to hide from any police if they were on their bikes, so they'd crept through the neighborhood alleys like a couple of creeps. As soon as all three were there, after smoking a few cigarettes and drinking a bit of malt liquor for liquid courage, Jimmy used a lock-picking set his big brother had once ordered from the back of some magazine and later given to him to get in. 
He'd practiced a bunch on the back door of his house and on the door to his dad's tool shed, and he'd gotten pretty good. He was able to pick the old lock to the front door of the Whirly Hospital while Aaron and Carlos played lookout watching for anyone approaching, uh, and it just took him a few minutes to get inside. When they walked in the front door, all three immediately noticed a difference in the energy inside the house, or inside the building, rather, compared to what they'd felt outside. It felt electric, but it shouldn't have. No power was being run to the building. No more than 10 seconds after shutting the door behind them, they heard a scratching noise coming from inside one of the walls. And then they heard something moving distinctly. Something was moving towards them, coming from down the hall. Carlos swore he could see something back in the shadows. Whipping their flashlights around, they did see something. They all three saw a small, dark, evil creature quickly approaching them from no more than 20 feet away. Oh my God. A rat. Jimmy kicked a piece of wood, laying on the floor towards the big rodent, and then scurried off in the other direction. All three breathed a sigh of relief. One of the rare times anyone has been relieved to find a rat in an old abandoned building. Wonder how many rats this place has, asked Aaron. Probably almost as many as how many dudes have slept with your mom, said Carlos. Dude, yelled Aaron. What did I tell you about that? Shut the fuck up. He punched Carlos in the arm. (laughs) Playfully, but also pretty hard. Your mom is, Aaron started to say when Jimmy cut him off, hissing, both of you shut up and turn off your flashlight. Someone's driving by. They peeked out of one of the many partially broken windows on the first floor and watched a cop cruise past. Damn, whispered Aaron. Hope he didn't notice our flashlights. Nah, said Carlos. Then laughing when he added, too focused on picking up your mom for hooking. Dude, grimaced Aaron, rearing back his fist again. Both of you, said Jimmy, stepping in between them. Shut up, he added before saying, seriously, I don't want to get in any trouble because you two dickweeds just can't stop. All right, Grandpa, joked Carlos before adding off Jimmy's glare. Seriously, though, I'll quit. I think we should leave our flashlights off until we head down into the basement, said Aaron. Otherwise, someone's going to see them through the windows and we'll get to talk to that cop that drove by. And then I'll get my ass beat by my dad. Shit, said Aaron, trying not to sound scared. How are we going to see where we're going? There's plenty of light, said Carlos. It's pouring in from the street lamps. Are you scared of something? No, said Aaron, doing his best to hide the fact that he definitely was scared now. It would just be easier with light, but whatever. The three boys, all of them for sure scared, wandered around in the dark, not knowing if what they kept hearing was rats scratching and clawing and moving around in the walls, maybe sometimes scurrying past them in the dark, or if something worse was behind the movement and the noises. Finally, they made it to the entrance to the basement, where Carlos headed down first, turning on his flashlight. Once they all three made it into the basement and turned on their flashlights, they heard more scratching. There's another rat over here, called out Aaron. And another one here, added Carlos. I I see two, no, three, no, four, added Jimmy. Shit, said Aaron, this place is infested. Carlos was then about to say something, probably another insult about Aaron's mom, when the three boys all heard the sound of giggling. What the fuck was that? Asked Aaron, whipping his flashlight around wildly in the direction of where he'd heard the laughing. Did, did you just hear what sounded like some, some, some girl laughing? Asked Carlos, sounding afraid for the first time. Yes, answered both Aaron and Jimmy, their answer perfectly in sync. Bam! 
The door to the basement above them slammed shut. All three yelled out various profanities before slamming into one another, trying to run back up the stairs. Then they heard that laugh again. Oh, my God. Coming from the top of the stairs now. I see her! Yelled out Jimmy. Oh, fuck, man! He pointed his flashlight towards the door. They all saw a shadowy apparition for a split second before it moved into the wall next to the stairs. The boys all screamed as they backed up further down into the basement again. Crash! Jimmy ran into something metallic, sending it crashing down into the floor, and then more disconnected giggling. They all swung their flashlights wildly around towards the sound, and no more than six or seven feet away was that shadowy apparition again. It darted out of their light as they screamed and tried unsuccessfully to follow it with their lights. Then they noticed more rats. So many more. First, maybe 10, 15, then over 20, easily, were around Then, oh my God, at least 30, 40, maybe 50, and the rats were moving towards them. Get the fuck out of there. Surrounding them. What the fuck, man, said Carlos. We need to get out of here, added Aaron in a shaky voice. Let's make a run for the top of the stairs, said Jimmy. Now, he added as the rats got closer. So many, too many to think about counting. Giggling again from the top of the stairs. The boys, all screaming, ran towards the sound, ran towards the top top of the stairs despite their fear. They would all later say they felt the temperature drop halfway up. Jimmy reached the door first and threw it open before falling down. Carlos tripped over him and also fell. Then Aaron nearly avoided taking a tumble himself. Jimmy screamed, get it off! Get Get it off of me! Get it off! It's on my back, yelled Carlos. More giggling from right behind them now. Oh and more God. rats. So many rats. There was one on Jimmy's shoulder, another on Carlos's back. Just get up and run, yelled Aaron. All three ran, Carlos and Jimmy flailing their arms about towards the front door. Aaron threw it open and they burst outside, all screaming. None of them worried at all about being caught by the cops at this moment. Aaron jumped on his bike and just pedaled home without bothering to say goodbye to his friends, without even looking to see if they'd gotten the rats off of themselves. Carlos and Jimmy did rid themselves of those rodents as they ran towards their houses. They never stopped running that night until they made it to their windows and crawled back inside. The three no longer live in Pampa, but they do still keep in touch. And whenever they catch up, whenever no one else is around and listening, they still talk about that night. What had they experienced? They can't just chalk it up to imagination. They all heard the same laughter, saw the same shadows, the strange behavior of the rats. They didn't make any of it up. All three are now die-hard paranormal believers. They've all believed since that night that there is something out there beyond what most of us can see most of the time, beyond what we know is real, and whatever that something is, part of it haunts the old Worley Hospital. <gasps> so many rats. Uh. Oh, God, so creepy crawly. And there was, like, looking into, like, other kind of stories about, like, Worley Hospital. Um, they've, they've used it when it was abandoned for a variety of purposes. It sounds like um, local law enforcement and perhaps even some military would use it for, like, uh, urban warfare type training. Sure. Uh, that kind of stuff. And, and a lot of those people on various postings talked about, you know, it being pretty infested. The, the bigger thing was uh, pigeons and rats. Pigeons? Mm-hmm. Just because oh. all the build, uh, windows are all busted and everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have some pictures. Okay. I mean, it looks like the perfect set for some kind of oh, yeah. haunted movie. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Oh, why would you buy that? I mean, yeah. yeah. No fucking way. <laughs> I don't, there's not enough facelift you could do on that to get me inside. Uh, I know. It'd be no ha- way. I, I have a hard time imagining how to make it not creepy. Um, here's an older photo of the Worley Hospital. Okay. You know, when it was not all busted up. But I mean, basically the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just this old kind of, 
Yeah, even when it, even when it was new, it did kind of seem kind of creepy. It just has that like you know old asylum look. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, those yeah. those old big old brick buildings. Um, here's one more picture of it. Now the black circle doesn't denote any kind of paranormal. It's just um, where the photo taker was just pointing out where he was born in 1962. Oh, okay. I just thought it was another you know interesting shot, a little closer up of the hospital. Mm-hmm. I mean, it absolutely looks like the kind of place, if I were growing up around there, that I would have wanted to sneak in with some friends. I mean, when I was younger and less of a scaredy cat. Yeah, like 13, 14, 15, somewhere in there. Yeah, there's a different kind of uh, Mm -hmm. desire to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I lost lost that desire many (laughs) moons ago. Oh, so yeah, I just thought that was an interesting story, and we'll hear another one, you know, before long. Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, oof. I don't know. I also like, did we recently talk about how I think that hospitals are such a good place for hauntings mm-hmm. because of how much happens there? Right. I mean, I mean, so, I mean, just, you know, obviously by the nature of it. Yeah. Right. So many people are going to die. So many people are going to be in pain, uh-huh. suffering, you know, also, and I don't know if we'll get to this today, but in the episode where the ghost hunters investigated the same building, mm-hmm. They also made uh, an interesting point to talk about, like, how many people get healed. Right. There's good energy so, there, yeah, too. Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, exactly. People are born there. Yeah. Yeah. People do people die saved. peaceful deaths there, surrounded mm-hmm. by family, and, mm-hmm. you know, their loved ones, all that. Yeah. So it's a very, very mixed bag that way. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess we don't really, well, we'll talk to Mustafa about it, but we don't know if the energy, how it feels. Does it feel negative mm-hmm. does it feel positive positive but you know i'm curious what he'll say in the episode you know that uh that, that they did on this hospital they did come away with a lot of positive stuff mm-hmm. you know like that the ghosts weren't necessarily out to harm anyone but mustafa also when we talked to him like this was one of two investigations he's you know done over the years that stood out more than the rest yeah and that really kind of creeped him out and spooked him and where he found like he like he came away thinking like oh my god Something is definitely there. Oh, I have goosebumps bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to get into that. And actually, let's uh, I, uh, before we bring him in here in a little bit, yep. I do have a picture of him here. Uh, this is our guest today. Mustafa. Mm-hmm. Yep. Such a cool guy. I'm so excited to talk to him. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, very funny. Like, very funny. Uh-huh. And just, like, upbeat. Like, every time I've interacted with him, I, I, I do like that when you're texting with somebody, you're talking to him, and they're just like, yeah, for sure, man, awesome. You yeah. know, like, like, pumped about, you know, what Whatever. he's doing and what he's yeah. doing. Yeah. That, that's such a good energy to be around. Yeah, for sure. Um, did you have any more uh, uh, questions? I saw you taking some notes uh, about well, this. you were talking about Mary. Yes. That, that surgical nurse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was just, I'm curious, like, what her story is. I tried to find their... You know, there's there's documentation that she did, you know, sadly take her life mm-hmm. and, and the year and how old she was when she did it and that she worked in the hospital and that she did take her life in the hospital. Yeah. But and which makes sense that there's no additional details. I mean, I just got that she was married to a Marine mm-hmm. who it didn't say anything about him passing away. And, you know, this is, you know, World War Two. Mm-hmm. He would have served. Uh, Maybe he was just yeah. gone for a long time. Maybe I mean, she just couldn't handle it mm-hmm. or. Yeah, so much unknown there. And and I would imagine, just thinking, you know, hospitals, she was a surgical nurse, so I'm she thinking. She saw a lot. Yeah, and I'm imagining it was more crude then. I mean, oh, I mean yeah. it, it wasn't that long ago, but also science and technology changes yeah. by the minute. You cannot keep up with how fast it changes. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it was just too much to bear. And I do think of in a smaller area like that, like Pampa was a little bit mm-hmm. bigger back then than it is now, but not a 
not a not a crazy amount bigger. It was never more than like 25, 30,000 people total. Sure. But still, that's still small enough where if you're a surgical nurse in an area like that, mm-hmm. not only are you seeing like, you know, people bleed out and die, you probably know a lot of them. Yep. At least casually. Yep. Or know or, their families. Exactly. There's always yeah. just like a very, like mm-hmm. that six degrees of separation is very real in a yeah, small town. Yeah, you went town. to school with them. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, this, this was my teacher's husband. This is the granddaughter of, mm-hmm. you know so-and-so from church or whatever yeah and if you're more of a sensitive type person mm-hmm. you know that that's bound to weigh on you yeah i could never be a nurse a i don't have the patience yeah and b i just i i absorb i'm yeah. a total empath and i absorb energy as you know that's around me and if yeah. if i was absorbing that day in and day out even though if every one in ten was a survivor, mm-hmm. you know, or I mean, every one in ten oh, was a death. A, yeah, yeah, you, you know, it's yeah. like that one death does not outweigh my nine survivors for me. Yeah, and I'm grateful for people who do it. Because oh yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, time yeah. now, same, same, same. Yeek. yeek, yeek, yeek. Okay, are you ready to talk to Mustafa about he I, and his team's experiences in, in Worley? I am. Our first scared to death interview after a quick sponsor break. What is the most basic gift you have ever given the moms in your life for Mother's Day? Flowers, a candle, some random knickknack you picked up at the last minute because you completely spaced Mother's Day? I have definitely made the mistake of procrastinating gifts for Mother's Day. And then, like the Friday before, I run to whatever store is open and convince myself that, yes, yes, my mom does need another coffee mug that declares she's the (laughs) world's best. So lame. This year, how about one-upping yourself by giving the moms in your life an Aura picture frame? Named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter, Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to any mom at any age. Aura frames connect easily to Wi-Fi and have unlimited storage so you can share as many pictures as you want. This year, as many of you know, I am on a spending freeze. But one of my carve-outs was meaningful gifts for the people I love. I don't want to give all of the moms in our lives something that won't bring them joy. We are giving Aura frames to the moms in our world because they are timeless, heartwarming gifts. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off, plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A Frames.com. Use code SCARED at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What are the things that weigh you down on a day-to-day basis? What kind of stress are you holding on to? Do you spend much of your day going over things in your brain over and over until they are so distracting it affects your mental health? Well, don't worry. You're not alone. We all carry different stressors, some big, some small. When we keep things bottled up, the results can be negative. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest without fear or judgment. It's a place to work through what is heavy on your mind and heart so that you can feel lighter and happier. I'm always holding on to something. It's the way my anxious brain works. I'm continually worried that I've done something wrong, that I've hurt the feelings of someone I love, and that I have let someone down. I'm stressed that I'm not being a good enough mom or wife. I panic that our life will implode at any given moment and it'll all be my fault. Thankfully, I have an amazing therapist who helps me talk through each of these scenarios. After each and every appointment, I feel lighter, happier, and more capable of showing up as my most authentic self. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash scared to death today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash scared to death. Summer is just around the corner. Who's excited? I know I am. 
With the warmer, sunnier days calling your name, the last place you're going to want to be is in your kitchen, cooking and meal prepping. Make your life easier with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Factors Never Frozen, Always Fresh Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Think of all the extra time you will get outside in the summer sun when you aren't wasting hours in the kitchen. I think I speak for everyone when I say that the summer is the busiest time of the year. We are all trying to cram in as many things as possible, from concerts to vacations and everything in between. With Kyler home from college and Monroe on her break too, I want to spend as much time as possible with them. And while I truly love to cook, the summer is the one time of year that I'm the least interested in doing that for three meals a day. So I lean on Factor to help keep me healthy and in step with my diet. I'm obsessed with the honey yogurt pancakes for breakfast, the pork El Pastor for lunch, and the cilantro lime barramundi for dinner. So easy and saves me so much time. Head to factormeals.com slash scared to death 50 and use code scared to death 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code scared to death 50 at factormeals.com slash scared to death 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right. Well, now we welcome one of the stars of A&E's Ghost Hunters, Mustafa Gatolori. Thank you for joining us, Mustafa. We're very excited to talk to you. Oh, my God. I'm excited to be here. I'm a longtime fan of you guys, and I love this podcast so much. I'm yeah, trust me. I'm like, uh, my, awesome. my nipples are very hard from excitement right now. <laughs> uh, <through> the <laughs> so, so the first question I have, you know, we just told the story that took place in the Worley Hospital. Um, why did you guys for the, you know, for the reboot of Ghost Hunters, the very first season back, the season finale, why did you pick Pampa, Texas? Like, why did your team go there? I think it was just such a compelling story. Um, you know, you tell people about Pampa, Texas. First of all, it sounds like it's made up, right? Like Pampa, yeah. like it's like somebody was just like I don't know, we'll just call it town Pampa. Like you know, <laughs> they just took Tampa and the guy like it's like you know they they had like a meeting of people who were gonna come. It's like let's come up with names of the towns. He's like oh crap, Pampa, Pan Antonio. Like you know, <laughs> right, just coming right, up right. with different things. <laughs> but um, yeah, we found out about this town. We found out about the hospital there. And I, uh, what's interesting about the hospital was. Every hospital has like life and death intertwined with it. Like that's yeah. just built right in. Yeah. For but sure. our production team, um, they were like looking through all these different stories and you have people who will come out and say, Hey, um, you know, I've been doing work at this particular building or I'm living in this particular place right. and we've had some claims here and the things are getting kind of, kind of gnarly and Pampa's stories when our production team was looking through it and yeah. then they were like asking me like, Hey, what do you think about this place? I started looking through these different stories and I saw, um, that there was this story about this nurse there yes. uh, by the name of Mary Lucille Myers. And yep. I was like, okay. And then we started looking into like all the history. I was like, this is kind of like, I don't know why that jumped out at me at the time, yeah. but I was like, this is really interesting. And, uh, so we went there and then plus it's always great to like, you know, go to a place that's kind of warm. That's sure, <laughs> sure. Yeah. So sure. Just the shallowest basis thing is like, I just want to go to a place that's like not cold. So, uh, yeah, uh, that's probably the biggest reason. Plus there was a Walmart right next to the hotel. Perfect. Hours, Everything you need. need. Yeah, that's it. It does have <laughs> that. that the reason. It does have that classic, you know, haunted building look. Like if you were going to like, you know, film a horror movie and you needed some, you know, old abandoned hospital and then you came across it like, Oh yeah, no, this, this is going to work great. Like it, yeah. it, it, it and just looks Pampa, like a Worley hospital. It's got like, that's that, 
perfect trifecta we're looking for on the show. You got a personal, uh, very personal attachment with you the owners Chelsea of the and building. Yeah. You have that great history. And then it's also like Worley Hospital was kind of like a a microcosm of what happened to Pampa as a town. It was this boom town and yeah. had oil. And there was this hospital that was very, very important. And then other people started going to other hospitals. It wasn't needed as much right. anymore. Right. right. So Jobs it was just like, it was, yeah, it was the perfect triumvirate of different things we were looking for. So, so how did you learn about the death of that surgical nurse, that uh, Mary Lucille Myers? Uh, well, just, well, I had read headlines about it on uh online first and you know it was kind of like people on facebook it's like they read the headline first and they don't read the rest of the article and it's like yeah, you know, yeah. completely wrong about it but uh i was like this is interesting and then when i read it like you know i learned more about it and researched more about it um i ended up calling up people at the local newspaper over there oh. they still run their own local newspaper which oh, is that's awesome cool. that's so rare i love yeah. that we have that here so yeah oh, I you love, do? we do yeah that's so bespoke isn't it it is exactly <laughs> Well, I, I was like a local news nerd too. I worked for the Hackensack County seat. Oh, and, um, oh I love and, that. Yeah, yeah, in Hackensack, New Jersey. I mean, I, I mean, I think Billy, Billy Joel sang about it or something. Kind of like, That's I awesome. didn't a far, you know what I mean? <laughs> but, um, sorry, terrible reference. But um, um, yeah, so yeah, I was I was really happy to be able to talk with them, and they were super yeah. gracious with their time. And then um, we were just digging, 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 and we found like more information on the residents there. And then I gathered all that information along with one of our uh, producers, Kaylin Hadley, uh, and she was uh, fantastic. And we kind of, you know, put our minds together to find yeah. out more about Mary Lucille Myers. And um, did, they, did they have, you know, it's there's stories like that associated yeah. with every single location. Mm. And yeah, this one's so special because, you know, it actually had something to do with the person that we researched. It's like, yeah. we've been to tons of locations where we're like, oh my God, we yeah. hope we find something that's like related to this guy or this person. And uh, it never happens. And but I, like right. this location, it yeah. was like... Yeah, just all the stars lined up. Yeah. I never found out if there was any like, you know, reason or speculation as to why she poisoned herself at the hospital. I mean, she was so young. Uh, no, no note or anything that I could tell. I don't know. I yeah. don't know why she I don't think poisoned anybody knows. herself. I mean, I, I any any reasoning that I give is completely based off of just theory, but I think sure. a lot of it has to do with um one the time period, right? Mm -hmm. Here is a young lady who had her entire life and entire career ahead of her. Right. I mean, she was on all purposes a badass. I mean, she came from this town she moved her way up the ranks in the military she became this oh. like really 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 yeah like she was like the nurse like you know boss ass nurse and she was like having a great career for herself um even from photos that we we saw of her she seemed yeah. very happy very vibrant and then um my dates that i kind of lined everything up it seemed that towards um the end of her uh the man she would eventually marry at the yeah. end of his tour after he came back from um the south pacific where he was interred and you know yeah. mm -hmm. god knows what kind of like you know different types of tortures he was subjected to and stuff um i guess they kind of found respite in each other or he found respite in yeah. her when they met in california yeah. and then huh. she shortly after that you know requested a discharge and then she wanted to move back to texas Oh, so, I didn't even know she was in the military. That's it. Okay, interesting. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That was uh, we write, I write about it in the book that's coming out. But okay, like, yeah, cool. she was in the military. She was awesome. And then shortly after they got married, I guess there was problems. And it's like you know, it's a conservative town. Mm-hmm. It's you know, early on uh, in America. Okay. It's like shortly after World War II. Yeah. Right. So it's not yep. like a young woman's gonna go and immediately you know just be like okay i'm done with this relationship and i'm gonna be fine it's like right the public scorn you know yeah divorce isn't really an option she must she was young she probably yeah. felt like she didn't have anywhere to go and then and you know the hospital was probably the only place that or that environment was an empowering environment for her and it felt like she had control there and um i think what ended up happening was you know she she felt like she might have been safe or if it was a cry for help mm-hmm. yeah, or whatever yeah. that was. And, and she took it uh, to, you know, poisoned herself not once, but twice. Oh, twice. And then, wow. uh, she ended up, you know, dying at the yeah. hospital. Now, when you first went into the building, I mean, you know a lot about this stuff when you go in, but you know a lot of the backstory just because you're investigating uh, before you go in all these places. And when we talked before, you know, you said that not every place gives you kind of the heebie-jeebies or like a weird feeling. Did did you get one when you went into the in Worley Hospital, like uh, or any of your teammates? Like when you first yeah, went in there, it was, was like, ah, what's that? Yeah, it was. So at first, like, I think like most humans, I'm very very judgmental, and like I go inside them, like you know, like I see like the graffiti that oh, these yeah. like uh, yeah. teams put in there and stuff. Yeah. I was like, look at these dungos, like these kids suck. Like I think they're so <laughs> like, Ooh, you're so edgy. Ooh, you right. painted a little devil man, yeah. like you know. Um, and I was like, oh, I was like, I'm like, I hate these people like so much. And then I would start wearing like, what if my son ends up like somebody like this? But um, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm like walking through this place and uh. I, I will say there was, I kind of felt like when I was by myself, um, especially at night, I was like, Ooh, like I yeah. felt like mm-hmm. something or someone was watching me and like, you know, I, that's not my first rodeo in right, a paranormal right. investigation, but um, yeah. And I wasn't the only one. Other members of the team said that too, but right. we, documenting it's what's important. And, right. and, and speaking of the documentation, when, when Brandon saw that shadowy figure, when the two of you were alone together, did did you feel anything too when he saw it? Uh, like like at yeah, first, it, I mean, I know you guys got the motion detectors out, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. And you know, in the in the EMF and the the the, the temperature, the pressure fluctuations. But did you first like feel anything or see anything out of the corner of your eye? Or? Yeah, it's 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 weird. Like I kind of wish we had the whole building like decked out like Big Brother with cameras. Oh yeah. Because yeah. It's, for me to say like afterwards like i totally felt something <laughs> and then, like i can like and i know i know there's other paranormal investigators who lie through their teeth that like they're the ghost whisperer or whatever it's like yeah it's easy to say after the fact you know um <laughs> yeah and then who knows i could be lying right now there's no way i can prove it but i swear like before brandon was like dude 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 like to go yeah. look at it i turned around because i was like i felt like something was gonna happen because I thought there was something there. I turn around and he's just looking at me. He's like, Ugh! and then we had met eyes right in that moment. And uh, he'll tell you the same thing, but wow. like we were there and I felt like something was there. And then he caught it on his body camera and it's just, yeah. I just knew, I just knew. And that's what kind of, it was that feeling as to why I was like, I'm going to stop second guessing my instincts. And I don't care if I end up looking like a total jackass, I am right. going to run towards the next thing I think is paranormal. Wow. And it's like, it was, that was the first time like I captured something I think really significant on yeah. the show is when I followed that. And then there was like countless other times in season two where I was just like, and then I went and it's like, Oh, 
And then I went into one room, and there's one place in the Wendover, Utah. Okay. And I ran, I ran, place. ran. There's nothing there. I end up feeling like a total, you know, moron. But then we had a lock-off camera there, and we get, like, in that same room where I thought I saw something, and I ran after it. And I and if when nothing's there, you're kind of like, am I just imagining things? Yep. Am I crazy? Yeah. Like, you know, am I trying to force something to happen? It's like when you're in, like, in a bad relationship where, like, somebody doesn't like you, and you're like, no, they, they, <laughs> they, they shut me. the door in my hand. It's probably because they like me. They were trying to grab my hand. It's like, <laughs> no, they just weren't looking at you. Like, you know, yeah, what are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> you know? Um, and... I we're going to review evidence and then we hear like a on the microphone of the camera, you just hear it's just someone's voice just going <sighs> just like that. It wasn't, wind, wasn't anything like that. Yeah. It was just somebody breathing, and it was like you hear footsteps like and it's it to me it sounded like somebody was walking and they saw the camera, they're like <laughs> like, like these guys again great awesome yeah i know i you know i didn't know a lot about uh you know ghost hunting or anything before kind of getting into this uh world that we're doing with the podcast those i'm fascinated by like the thermal imaging equipment you yeah. guys use because that was another thing from the worldly episode where you know um grant and uh Kristen, i believe uh, mm-hmm. captured on the third floor, you know, what was it like a several hours in the investigation, that kind of entity was like from the, I don't know, viewers position. It was like left to right. This thing mm-hmm. walks past a human shaped. And then they demonstrated like what an actual person would look like when they walk past in that same direction. And it was very, very different. I mean, that's, ah, that's, that's, that's pretty, pretty powerful stuff. Uh, yeah. I mean, did you, I mean, you obviously looked at that footage too. You're in the house with that same thing. I mean, that is so, that would, that would really creep me out. And that would be yeah, I mean, hard there's, to ignore. There's things that we've seen on the FLIR and uh, even more impressively is uh, in season two, we use the electron multiplying camera. And this is a camera that's, uh, it's got a fancy name. Uh, yeah. NASA uses it to like monitor wow. photon events. So yeah, we're not getting stuff from like Jake's ghost shack or like whatever, you know what I mean? We're, like, we're getting like legitimate yeah like equipment <laughs> like you know and that we can go to scientists and be like what is this so right yeah um, you guys ever see poltergeist yeah. oh yeah yeah guys remember the scene with like all those weird like spirits like flying around and like going around like that yeah well we capture that in clinton and uh clifton arizona where it's just like people report seeing a mist going between these two yeah. rooms and out of nowhere you see like at the start of it like an energy source that appears out of nowhere and it starts like a tornado of souls not to quote the great dave mustaine but it's like you're <laughs> going all around going around going all around and we're like flipping out when we see that we show it to people who have worked with this camera for like decades and th- these are like people who are in the running for like nobel prizes wow. and they're like we have no idea what the hell that is oh god are those the are those the moments that really make all of this i mean because I know you're like, yeah, we've talked about this before. You know, you're a, a skeptical. You take a skeptical approach to all this, but you really want to believe that these things are out there. But when you see things like that, I mean, it's pretty hard to ignore that there's most likely something else out, spirits, whatever you want to, you know, call it. Does, yeah. does, does that kind of science evidence really help cement the belief in the paranormal for you? A hundred percent. Because, like, there's so many people who go at it from, like, a personal belief or personal experience kind of viewpoint. 
And like again, I will reference bad relationships to the day I die. It's like, <laughs> oh, but I think they really want to hear this text from me at two a.m. It's like, look at the evidence. They haven't responded to you in two months. Stop. They don't care about you. They said, okay, when you got them a birthday gift that you thought about for years. Like, don't, don't do it. Look uh, yeah. at the evidence. Yeah. So for me, I, I. I love evidence. So no matter what your belief system is, if you're like, you know, uh, subscribe to a monotheistic religion or you're like yeah. a polytheist or you believe in Buddha or whatever it is that whatever we can capture and whatever evidence that we can document for empirical study is the best. And that's how I yeah, approach yeah. everything. So when I get that and I can't disprove it and I can't recreate it, Mm-hmm. It, like Brandon always says, if it ain't normal, it's paranormal. That's yeah. the definition. Yeah. Paranormal doesn't mean like, you know, a ghost licking your armpit in the middle of the night. It could be just an energy source that's left over that science doesn't understand. Yeah, I right? never thought about it that way. Yeah. Actually, I love that. Yeah. 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 You, uh, you guys, uh, to, to talk about the, the Whirly episode again, you guys did like some demolition. Like, you know, they were, they were demoing it anyway, the building. But then uh, Grant was talking about, you know, straight to camera about how he thinks that sometimes, you know, like uh, messing with the space in a quote unquote haunted house can yeah. kind of, you know, uh, create more activity. Why do, why do you think that is? Like, why, why would these spirits care? That the, that the space is I mean, being worked on. There's a lot dying. of different theories associated with that. I think some of it has to do, and this is what like we're learning, right? Is like pressure changes in barometric pressure yeah. and, and energy and environmental changes all seem to correlate with paranormal activity. So <laughs> if you are, this is a physical space, that right? these, this energy or this entity or whatever it is, we don't freaking know. We can't even sure. pretend to know, uh, is residing there. And you're causing vibrations, changes, or whatever that is to that space, that will theoretically, and we've proven that in a lot of instances, um, drums up activity that's inexplicable. Hmm. I mean, in Formula of a Haunting, we we did a YouTube series. Brandon did it at Heritage Junction. Mm -hmm. He caught some of the clearest EVPs I've ever heard in my life moments after a train passes. Yeah, This train just passes, and it's like, the shaking of the train, the energy of the train, whatever the kinetic motion is, that has something to do with that. So it's weird. I noticed yeah. after rainstorms, huh. there was like a lot of activity, which happened in Pampa. I forgot to mention that There's a, there was a rainstorm the night before um, we we got all this crazy activity. Like one, huh. of, the, yeah, one of those kind of Texas monsoon, like, like crazy downpour or just like. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. like for I think for like 40 minutes, it was like just rain, 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 rain. And then it stopped. And then the next day it was like, well, we needed that, you know, but then it was yeah. like hot and humid. Uh, but the activity was, I mean, I'll take humidity over day. I mean, I'll sweat all day. If it means <laughs> I get a sweet, sweet ghost. Voice, you know <laughs> I wonder, I wonder if that's why some families can be in a house and not really oh. experience anything paranormal, but then somebody new moves in and then they experience something, you know, or consistently like multiple members of the family are experiencing paranormal activity. Sure. It's like they've shaken things up mm-hmm. in a different way than the previous family or maybe, you know, I mean, I guess it could be like. Maybe the ghosts don't like them. Maybe the ghosts don't care for this new group or oh, no. something. Or, or, I'm very or, afraid to remodel our kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> like, if, like, if, like if they don't like change. Like if they don't like change, change can come in so many forms. Like, oh, put the microwave in the cabinet. It's like, don't do it. <laughs> no, but I, I think a lot of it just has to do with um, changing. Like, think about it like this. Like, think about the emotional and 
emotional state you're in, like when you uh, get a new job or like you get mm-hmm. a new yeah. gig or you're entering a new situation, there's like it's like your molecules are like trapped uh-huh. and they're like reverberating, and then they seem to kind of luxuriate and settle down when you get to a place of comfort. Sometimes yeah. it's bad comfort, sometimes it's you know good comfort, whatever right, that is. Right. But I think that that's what that phenomenon is. I mean, the house that I moved into as a kid, same thing. We had like weird paranormal experiences, weird stuff. That's what kind of got me into this. Yeah. And it was like the the most of it was like right when we moved in. So I think huh. um I think that has whenever you introduce a new kind of really, really big game changing thing. Yeah. Um that's that's when the activity ramps up. Now Huh. I've always wanted to ask a a ghost hunter this, but um, you know, when you're you're doing these investigations, you're looking for these signs of activity, you're hoping to you know have the have the rain pour down so you stir up some you know ghost whisperings or whatever. Why do you think these entities seem to hide? Like, why do they have to be sought out so much? I wonder why they don't seem to like when the cameras are rolling. I mean, yes, you do get images, but it seems like you have to really work for them. Uh, it always feels like they're a little shy, like mm-hmm. they don't want to be any, any thoughts on why that might be. I have a very, very, like, you're going to want to have to hit this. Like, you know? <laughs> uh, I have like a very kind of like, <laughs> I have it. like a very out there theory personally. Okay. okay. Um, and I, I think a lot of it has to do with entities at the end of the day are people. Mm-hmm. If, if I want to just exchange pleasantries with you. Hey, how's it going? How's everything? Are you great? Okay, crazy weather we're having. Like, you know what I mean? (laughs) That's a very surface level, unmeaningful kind of interaction. Yeah. Then again, on the flip side of things, if I just met you, I'm not going to go up to you and be like, tell me your theory on life. Like, it's going to be like, get away from me. Like, I'm just trying to have a scone. Like, you know, relax. (laughs) Right, right. I, I, I think, I think a lot of it has to do with finding that balance of honesty and really, really kind of working with the situation and addressing the elephant in the room in a way that's like, it's like those sparks you get whenever you meet like a friend who ends up being a longtime friend or someone you're interested in. I think with that is the more honest you can get with yourself and the more honest you can get with working in this, in a situation, how sincere you are, how insincere you are, how much you're not Mm. feeling like investigating that night, how, how you should want to investigate that night. Oh my God. Like this is my career. This is what I want to do. This is why I got into it. And man, I'm not where I need to be emotionally. I mean, you, you do stand up. You, you know, the nights when you like, really like you want to go after something and some of the best shows you have are when you're, you're kind of thinking like this crap might not work. Sure. But like, I want to go for broke, Yeah, you know? Yeah. And, and you got to get yourself to that place. And I think what happens is when you're so honest, just like in life, the people you should be attracting to you and the people you're supposed to be running with and the people who vibe with you, they're going to respect that and get drawn to you. And I think the entities, because there's no physical body to just be like, Oh, you're cool. I I just acknowledge you or like, maybe you like somebody because of the way they look or what they represent. You know, Um, the only thing you have to work with is energy. I think the real hunt (laughs) is the hunt for yourself (laughs) you know what i'm saying as corny as that sounds i really think that is and and the second i was in my element and going for gold in that way and the things that should matter to me most that's when we had the most activity man that is interesting yeah that's like if if it is some kind of 
yeah, if you're just feeling this energy and resonating with this energy, that if, if this if this presence out there can sense, you know, your genuine interest in what they are, or yeah. why they're there, and some kind of compassion that they would actually yeah, respond or, to or that. Just trying to be interested, it's so human to be disinterested in stuff yeah. all the time. It's yes. like, oh, and if you're facing that head on, it's like. I feel like that draws the entities, man. I like that theory. Yeah. I like that theory. Uh, you, you guys came to another um, interesting theory when you were talking about, um, you know, this this Whirly Hospital again. When you were trying to kind of, uh, I guess, have the the people who wanted Chelsea and Luke to calm them down about, yes, there's these presences here, but they don't necessarily mean you, or not even necessarily, they don't mean you harm. Like, they're not malevolent. Like, you guys seem to come to this conclusion that there was just a lot of, you know, uh, entities living in this space, but not bad entities. That's something that that I don't think we come across a lot on this show. Mm-hmm. We're always talking about like, the scary stuff. You know, the ghosts that yeah. you know are trying to get you to leave the presence or trying to possess you, some demonic entity or something. And that was just an interesting thought uh, that I liked about. Yeah, there's ghosts here, there's spirits here, but they just uh, you know you're the new roommates. They're wondering what you're doing with the place. <laughs> I mean, do, do you come across that as often as you come across of like like the scary ghosts? Or, or or more maybe. I'll tell I'll tell you what. Um, there's only one time I ever came across something that I was convinced was scary. Interesting. And oh. that I convinced was bad, and that was recently at Old Nazareth Hospital in Mineral Wells, Texas. I'll keep it really brief. No, no, no. You're curious. Okay, we, we go up to like this. This place is huge, and um, I'm going up to one of the floors, fifth floor. That's the floor that's like supposed to be like really, really, really gnarly. So we go up there, not that much activity. Things are kind of dead. So I start feeling like there's someone or something at my back. Turn around, nobody's there. Yeah. And then I notice my data logger that I'm holding, temperature starts going down, which oh. is kind of like, you know, temperature's not that big of a deal. But again, it would happen every time I get this feeling. I turn around, temperature uh. starts going down. Then back up, then back down, going back and forth. And I'm like, so I start following and then I feel like I'm I'm bothering someone. Like I'm just mm. going around, going around, yeah. going, 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 pestering, pestering. And I get like this, I get this like um I get this sense that there's someone or something there. Right. And I uh I can't stop uh leaving it alone. <sighs> so finally I'm there and I start getting a lot of responses on my data logger. And I'm like, uh, okay, well, I'm getting these responses. So I'm asking questions. I'm like, is there somebody here? Is there a man here? Goes off. Okay. Okay. Um, is, uh, are you a woman? Is there a woman here? Nothing. Weird. Uh, okay. Is there a man here? Goes off. And then I was like, can you, can you, can you tell me why you're here? Were you getting surgery here? Cause it was like a surgical floor. Yeah. Right after I mentioned surgery, all of a sudden, like my wife, and this is her second investigation ever doing it with me. She starts getting this like pain in her chest oh my gosh and she doesn't feel well she goes downstairs so i'm thinking like okay maybe she's just like the moment got to her or right. sure nerves and then like i take her down and there's these other people there and they're like saying prayers and blessings on her i'm like oh god and, like, you know it's just like like here's like i'm hanging out with the paranormal weirdos but they were actually really really cool yeah and they helped her a lot and they helped her get through it so another group goes up there i tell people hey watch out like you know and Kristen from the show, she was with them up there. Okay. Nothing was really going on, but I went to another part of the building. So then I go back up. Same thing. I'm going around. I get the feeling. And then again, I feel like I'm bothering, I'm bothering somebody. I'm bothering somebody. I'm like, yeah. oh, there's something here. I'm not going to let it go. I'm not going to let it go. 
get to an elevator, we start hearing noises. Bum, bum, bum. This elevator's been out of commission for like forever, like yeah. a decade. Bum, bum, bum. I'm like, can you knock for me? I'm like, can you knock twice? And then two oh, seconds boy. go by. Boom, boom. Huh. I'm like, okay, can you knock three times? Wow. No. Boom, boom, boom. And that, that happened for like 12 minutes straight, like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So um, we go to this other side room and I start feeling gnarly in this one room. And I'm like, all right. And then I start feeling a pain in like my left side, but I don't say anything. We're all in a circle and we're all talking. Yeah. And then I notice the, the, the man next to me, I see him kind of grab his left side. <gasps> Weird. And I see another woman down the line. She's there. And then she, she's grabbing her left side. She's like, ah, she looks at me. She, and she sees me and this guy holding her left side. And she's like, <laughs> left side hurt. I'm like, yeah. And then all of a sudden it goes to another person and I kind of see him get uncomfortable a little bit. And then the fifth person in the line, I see him nodding off. So I'm thinking all oh, this poor guy's like bored. Maybe it's like, I'm like not ha- making it fun for them or whatever this event. He passes out. Wow. Passes out standing up right then and there. We have to get him a wheelchair to go downstairs. And then I'm like, okay, this is all on the fifth floor. Mm-hmm. Another time of the mm-hmm. night, same thing happened. Go up there, going around, bum, 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 doing, doing the questions, questions and answers. Somebody starts feeling tension in their neck. Like they're getting choked. No so, way. And that's the only time that's ever happened. Oh my God. That's but, crazy. Yeah. For the most part, it's just people. It's yeah. Just right. people. Entities are just people at the end of the day. And, and most people is as frustrated as I get with, you know, humanity in general. Sometimes <laughs> I do remind myself that most people inherently, I think are, are pretty good. You know, they're, they're trying to do the right thing. So that would make hmm. sense. I guess that entities out there for the most part would be you know, pretty good. We might be scared because we don't understand them, Yeah. but there's, I don't think there's that many truly malevolent people. I mean, I think there, there's plenty, there, there are definitely plenty. are a lot, okay. but, but compared to the overall population, you know, there's sure. not that many serial killers. There's not that many of, you know, these, you know, true yeah, psychopathic I think it's monsters. Just people who either, you have people who either make strong choices in their life. Yeah. And if you make, whenever you make a strong choice, whether it, it, it fails or succeeds, you feel pretty great. Yeah. You know, and you make a weak choice that haunts you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That haunts you. You know what I mean? Like, again, back to a bad relationship. Right. I should have <laughs> told them all, bro. I should have checked their phone when it was going on that night or whatever it is. But, like, you know, whatever it is, it's like, uh, I'm, 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 that's that's my thing today. That's my shit. No. Uh, like, I, uh, I love it. Uh, yeah. Whatever, whatever that is, is like, that's going to haunt you. And I, I have the belief that that persists huh. maybe after you die. So then, when these entities, maybe they're getting upset or maybe people think it's malevolent because they're engaging in activity that whatever entities are there, it's reminding them of their mm-hmm. own failures and mm-hmm. own yeah. choices that they made. And I had the Oof. theory, and that's why I got into the paranormal, is that if you go and you make strong choices in your own life, if there are entities there, a good person's going to be happy to see somebody else succeed. If I'm a ghost who messed up his whole life and I'm in a place and I see somebody going after the dreams, doing everything that oh, I wish I did that. I wish I did that. I'm going to be rooting you on. I'm going to be like the sixth man. You know that movie? <laughs> like the ghost basketball play? I'm going to be there. I'll be yes. helping you dunk. I'm going to be doing the whole thing. But like, you know, you have to be a pretty scummy individual to like yeah. want somebody to fail at something just because you couldn't do it. Yeah, that's interesting. I like that. No, I like that. And, and we have encountered, you know, plenty of stories where, you know, there's a family of six in a house or whatever, and the entity uh, singles out one person. Mm-hmm. And then there's speculation like, well, if this person was killed by this man before. And then the dad reminds him of that man. Sure. That would make sense. Now that that's a. Uh, 
That's very interesting. Now, now I want to get to your book, and also uh, any word on a, a a new season, new season, excuse me, of Ghost Hunters. Have you guys? Oh uh, no, I know not COVID yet. And I everything. think what, ha- what happened with the Ghost Hunters is that A um, and E is out of the paranormal game. It looks like, like oh. they don't want to do that. They're taking an entirely different direction. Okay, ratings were good. Yeah, sure. um, You know, people loved it. You know, it was it was it was great. But uh, I don't know. I think they're just uh, Pilgrim Studios is trying to find out. Like, okay what they're going to uh where they're going to put this and yeah. i'm thinking um i don't i'm not sure and this is just me and again sure. uh but i have been known to be right about things uh it's uh, <laughs> a little i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if it ended up on history channel oh cool it okay. makes sense yeah and we'll and, and then and then your book uh the book you wrote with brandon right uh, the two of you co-wrote this yes that is coming out you said this fall it looks like and do you have a, a title any any details you can give us Yes, yes. Um, the title we're pushing for is Formula of a Haunting. That's why we call the YouTube series that, and it'll be pretty crummy if the publisher's like, no, nah, we don't want that title. But <laughs> I'm thinking it's going to be Formula of a Haunting. Very cool. Um, and then we go through a lot of the cases that we did in Ghost Hunters, and we break them down even more. We talk about stuff that happened behind the scenes. We cool. talk about the definitive lists of all the different types of equipment that we use. Uh, and that's awesome. one of my favorite parts about it is – we really reveal like a lot of the secrets that a lot of fraud investigators use uh, and like ways they create false positives oh, in okay. certain situations. Like one big one is like, you know, the old school tri-field meters like mm-hmm. like that. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. You could key those with walkie talkies and that'll set them off. So I could be like, I'm like, did you put the screw in the tuna? Like, and then it like comes up. Like, you know what I mean? Like you could, you could find that out. So I um uh, yeah, there's like a lot of little bit of things like that. that sounds then, fantastic. Um, yeah, it sounds really yeah, interesting. It's, it's, it's cool. And can you give us that title one more time? I, I and then we'll formula. Of, oh, sorry. Formula of a haunting. That's right. Okay, make it your right. Formula of a haunting. So so when that comes out, when you get the dates, please let us know in advance, and we would love to promote it. Yes. That'd be great. And and thanks and thanks for coming on, Lindsay. Do you have more questions for Mustafa? Can we go ghost hunting? <laughs> yes, go ghost hunting. With you guys want to go with ghost hunting? Yeah, someday be awesome too. Yeah, I, I'll okay. probably cry. Like there will be a lot of tears. I'll be very scared. Listen, let let me know when is a good time for you because I have flight credits out the wazoo. <laughs> oh, that's of awesome. Because I had to cancel so many events. Uh, I bet. So like I literally have. I'm sitting on like six G's of like flight credits that I can uh, use for like whenever. So okay. I. Anytime you guys, I'm like, I go I, for no reason. I'm like, oh, I like this barbecue spot in Dallas. I just go. I'm like, <laughs> just go in a day. So if, 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 if you guys like want to do something, I can find something in your area and I'll have Brandon come up. That would be and then, super like, fun. You can do an investigation with me and Brandon. That okay, would be dope. When when we do an investigation, I don't know when we'll do it, but we'll, we will we will not do it without without you guys then. My if you, if you guys hurts. are, yeah, we want to go with the best. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, good. That well, would that would be awesome. Right that would be people. amazing. <laughs> oh my god! And I think we'll just have fun. We love you. It's yeah. been so fun oh, getting yeah, to know cool you. Guy. Yeah. And, oh, and you guys will get to use the EMC. You guys will get to use the EMC CD camera because Brandon has it. Yes. Oh, awesome! Perfect. No one gets to use that. Do you understand? Like how. Like, it's it's like reviving Jimmy. Oh, well, he's alive still. I was gonna say Jimmy Page from the Dead, but it's like he's alive. <laughs> he's, he's kind of, like, he seems a little like, dead. It's like getting to play guitar uh, with Jimmy Page. Like that's oh my awesome. God. That it's it's insane. It's that's really so cool. cool. We'll we'll, yeah. we'll we'll swap his name out with like Hendrix or Stevie Ray Vaughan or something. Right. We, we we revived one of them. Yeah. One, one of the yeah. one of the dead greats. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for making time for us today, Mustafa, and just for uh, yeah, letting us behind the curtain 
of kind of, you know, what you guys do and, and sharing some extra stories that you haven't shared on the show. I mean, I, I love it just because we always talk about on this show how stories like this just make all of the stories seem that much more real, mm-hmm. you know, just because yeah. you're constantly playing this what if game, what if game. But when you hear about evidence like this, I mean, I, I like the scary part. I do like getting scared. And it, and uh, it's also nice to think about, you know, there's plenty of entities that are not going to harm you. Uh-huh. But it just... Yeah. I, it, this show is almost like spiritual for me, where I just like I want to believe in something on this other on the other side. And when I hear stories like yours, it's so hard to deny. I, I love it. Yeah, yeah, that's why I do it. I, I literally study death and the afterlife and wow. the possibility of one yeah. in order awesome. to enrich my own life. Uh, you know, as kind of like Tony Robbins, as that sounds. That's, I love it. For that's, sure, that's the good stuff, man. Just, yeah. I'm telling you, you gotta smoke this stuff. It's good. I, I want some of whatever you're smoking. It sounds so good. Uh, you guys are gonna love it. Uh, uh, I'm excited to investigate with you guys. Yeah, us uh, too. Okay, yes. we'll, we'll reach you. out here soon. Well, thank and, and, you. Yeah, thank you again, Mustafa. And uh, we'll look for your book, Formula of a Haunting. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Okay, bye. 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 You all. That was so fun. My stomach hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Freaked you out a little bit? No, because I. Why did I say I wanted to go ghost hunting? <laughs> yeah, I was. Why surprised. did I do that? I was surprised you tossed that out there as you well. You know what? Mustafa's just so likable. He's very charismatic. I'm like, I just want to hang out with you. He reminds me of Rafal. Oh yes, I your think friend that's Rafal. what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like my long term besties. I would love to. I mean, obviously, we know um, for you know fans, you know for. <laughs> All the people listening who are the um, we don't know when we'll do this. Our schedule is so crazy, but I would like to go go hunting and how cool to go with him and if Brandon. Li- also. If Lindsay doesn't want to go, Joe, you'll Joe, go. With- you'll I'll go. go. Yeah, Joe would love this. Joe would love this. Whoa. That's Logan out I'm there. Logan, yeah. I-, I think it would be. I think it would be a bad magic retreat field God, trip that'd situation. That'd be so fun because then you can all witness me breaking down. Like I'll okay. finally lose it. Well, we got to find some place around here then, maybe that well, we yeah. can Mustafa zip over to and bring him out. I mean. There's the Colfax, the old asylum in Colfax. Oh, my God. It's only an hour away. I don't know about that. That's cool. I was thinking Wallace. There's got to be that abandoned building in Wallace that we haven't been able to get. Not no silver. asylum in Colfax. I didn't. That might be the spot. It might be a hospital, but it is something that is haunted. Okay. 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 They give haunted tours and everything. Oh, man. How did I? Okay. I didn't even know about that. I'm glad glad you didn't know about it. (laughs) No, he's such a great guy. And, And I, like you said, you know, seeing behind the curtain, I really like that whole interview because how you were saying it gives everything else validity for someone who has spent a huge portion of their life researching these things trying Mm -hmm. to dig deeper and because mustafa is a history buff and Mm -hmm. he is analytical and skeptical Mm -hmm. i now feel like the catalog of stories that we have gone over here all of them feel entirely more plausible more true i feel like I mean, this is going to scare the shit out of me, but I just feel like all of them are true. I feel like they're, it's it's all accurate. It all happened. And I'm never going to sleep again. <laughs> I still feel very skeptical towards a lot of them. But, w- but what I, I like is that I do – I have turned over in my skeptical ways um, to the thought that definitely a portion of them are real to some degree. Okay. And, and, and I like how Mustafa talked about it where – you know, paranormal doesn't necessarily mean, you know, like this shadow entity running down your hall. Right. It's just anything outside of what we currently understand. Energy, mm-hmm. you know, a, a spirit perhaps, something, yeah. something caught in some loop. We don't know what it is, but yeah. there's something. Well, and, like in the earth is energy, right? Like we're mm-hmm. all energy. We're all always putting off energy. And we're just, all living and breathing. Yeah. And just something beyond death is exciting, right. obviously. Right. Kind of. 
Something Beyond Death is exciting for you. I did like the part where he was talking about, he was getting a little existential about, you know, if you make good choices in life and, you know, then that's reflected in your spirit. And like, I just, I felt so much comfort in that because I'm such a good person and and you're questionable. Yeah. uh Uh-huh. So like, I'm going to be a really good ghost and you are. I'm going to fucking terrorize somebody. Yeah. And, but you're not going to enjoy it because it's going to terrorize you. It's a reflection of yourself. Like I'm. Me, Kyler Monroe, like, were the good choices in your huh. life, and then okay. everything else is kind of like, oh. That's interesting where you took all that. <laughs> like, what if, what if you're like, if you're a good ghost, yeah. Yeah. means that people recognize you, but if you're a bad joke, that means that nobody gives a shit about the cool shit you're doing. Oh, like so, Dan's like oh. trying to pull off cool pranks, and I can't, like, no one. And can everyone's see like, I don't care. Like that was stupid. <gasps> oh, that would make you so. That would make so you just, a sad Dan ghost. Right, a never-ending. Pitfall. I'm always trying. I'm like banging on walls, <laughs> right. and making scratching sounds. And no one cares. You're and, no, and, and no one can hear me. No right. one's like that. Eh, whatever. <laughs> right. God, that'd be so. What a frustrating ghost life. That's that would so be. that's. Don't be a bad ghost. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Don't okay. don't make bad choices in life. Don't tell a ton of <laughs> shitty dad jokes. And then what? Like, well, yeah, because me to me that's the equivalent. Like you keep trying, and everyone's like, "Give it up, man." Wow. Yeah. This really, this really turned on me. It's not turning on you. <laughs> <laughs> just like a little mirror, a little reflection. Okay. Right. okay. Okay. Now, um, I wanted to mention to you uh-huh. earlier when you were telling your story that you were sharing about the Whirly Hotel, the yes. rats. Yes. I completely forgot. And I don't know oh, how I did. Yes, but just a nightmare. few nights ago, I had a terrible rat nightmare. <laughs> yeah. And I don't, now I feel like, oh my God, did that story, did it like put something into the ether that made me have that dream? Did you kind of like carry that energy home? Because it was such a bizarre dream. I don't remember the entirety of it, but I just remember I was in some weird apartment that had this um, brown plastic vinyl wall covering. Like, And mm-hmm. I was saying like, oh yeah, I'm going to have to have that torn down. And then I was leaving and I opened the door to go out and then I looked behind me to close it. And I looked up in the corner and there were all of these rats coming out of a hole in the wall. Huh. It was so weird. And then I woke up and I went, <gasps> and it wasn't sleep paralysis. It was yeah. just, I was so scared in my dream that the rats were going to get me and that they were going to be crawling on me that I woke myself up. I, I'm not a, I'm not a big dream interpreter, but, yeah. I, but I have to think that in that dream, it's like, what if the rats are you? Like you're the rat. I'm a rat? You're a rat. And, what do you and think, like I'm a CIA, CIA agent? No, like, you're, just like a, you're just like a dirty rat, you <laughs> okay. know? And you're just always trying to claw into people and tear people down. And that's like, hmm. that's what the dream represented. These, these things are coming after you, hmm. but really it's just how you handle yourself in the world. Like you're just a oh. dirty, vicious, you know, like flea, flea bitten rat. Hmm, you know? That's interesting. I, I, I don't know. That's just, just remember what we, I know about dream interpretation. You know, what's so Nothing interesting. Personal. No, no. You know, what's so interesting about you saying that <laughs> yeah. is that like in my dream, I also remember thinking, oh, I'm going to have to get an exterminator. Huh? And I was sharing that with Kyler. I was sharing huh? this dream with Kyler Monroe and he was like, Oh my God, Lindsay, that dream is so you. Even in your dreams, you're planning for the future. Ah, that's funny. Yeah. I thought you were making, being ridiculous <laughs> no, in there. No, I wasn't. I was just ignoring your nonsense <laughs> that you said about me. All right, let's hear your stories. Deflecting. All right. You got a squishy, squishy. Oh, I, I, I gave you a new squishy. Okay. I'll take this little alien guy. Yeah. He comes from our fan, Katie Barber. Thank He's you, been Katie. in a box and I just, you know, sometimes I lose track of the squishies. Oh, so many squishies. So many squishies. What are you doing to him? I'm giving, I'm putting Katie's name on it. Are you naming him Katie? Yeah, why not? This is Katie. Oh, Katie. I hope you're I hope you're happy being a weird green guy. <laughs> oh, okay. So, now, getting back into the spoops. Yes. So, this story I was sharing earlier when we opened up the show, it really made me question if you can will a ghost or spirit into existence okay. or like into 
revealing itself to you. Okay. Like right outside of like the traditional ways of a Ouija board or a seance. Yeah. Like if you thought about it hard enough and long enough, could you, if you thought something was in your life, could you bring it forward? Huh. Okay. Okay. So I don't know. Like, do you think it's possible to like just invite something in in that way? I, I haven't thought about it. I don't know. I hadn't thought about it either. So let's get into the story. Um, our, our friend Rachel says, Hi, I'm somewhat of a skeptical peeper who's new to the show. My husband, a creeper, introduced me, probably just to laugh at how scared I would get. <laughs> when he asked me to send in my poltergeist story, I was hesitant, just as I always am when he begs me to relay this story to our friends. My mm. hesitancy stems from skepticism, though I enjoy a good scary tale. I tend to believe there is always an explanation, even in my own unexplainable experiences. It isn't until I'm halfway through telling my story to someone do I remember how inexplicably terrifying and beyond reason this poltergeist haunting was. This story spans years in my in sorry, this story spans years with many minor occurrences, but I will try to condense it by focusing on the major events. Let's get to it. When I was 12 or so, my friends and I invited in my friends and I invented a ghost. At least we sort of half believed we invented her and half believed she was real. It began one morning when I went to jump on our trampoline. As I jumped, I thought I saw a girl in the grove of trees about 20 yards from the trampoline. She had waist-long black hair and was wearing a light blue dress. My initial thought was that she was one of my brother's ironically gothy friends taking a shortcut <laughs> from the main road to our house through the trees. When she didn't move and just kept staring at me, I hopped off the tramp and went back inside, spooked. Had I really seen her? It could have easily been a trick of the eye. Perhaps I had just seen light reflecting off the cars on the other side of the grove. But I was so shaken by this girl that I had to tell my two best friends, Audrey and Abby. They were eager to declare she was a ghost and decided that we had better name her. We decided to call her what we believe to be a very creepy name. Emily Rose. And this uh. was years before the movie, <laughs> The Exorcism of Emily mm -hmm. Rose. We also gave her a tragic backstory with an untimely death. She was basically our spooky imaginary friend. We would cite the most mundane events as proof that she was with us. Light bulb went out. Must be Emily. Door blew shut. She's here. Emily became our inside joke scapegoat for any remotely mysterious occurrences. That is, until real, unexplainable things began to happen. When Emily Rose stayed between the three of us, it felt harmless and imaginary. When we began to tell other people about her, it became clear that she was not so willing to make new friends. One weekend, I was staying with my grandma and had somehow managed to tell her about Emily Rose. Ugh, your mother had a poltergeist too. She explained that my mother, who was raised in this very house that I was visiting, had a friend, that had a friend poltergeist she named Paul. Paul did all the classic ghosty things, like opening up all of the cabinet doors and flinging objects through the air. One time, terrified guests staying in my mother's bedroom insisted the morning after their first night that they get a hotel room to get away from the terrifying events occurring during their stay. Then it all stopped when your mother got into high school. It was like she outgrew him, my grandmother explained. Later that day, her dog began frantically barking at the bathroom door. This was out of character for Sappy, and my grandma knocked on the bathroom door, expecting that I was inside. To her surprise, I came out of the bedroom behind her. Who's in there? My grandma asked, clearly shaken. We tried to open the door, but it wouldn't budge. Uh. It felt like someone was holding the door closed on the other side. 
My grandpa was at work, so it couldn't possibly be him. Uh, I'm sorry. My grandpa was at work, so it couldn't possibly be anyone that was supposed to be there. So we ran out of the house and called the cops. When they arrived, they managed to open the door just enough to see that no one was in the bathroom. Instead, they saw that the bath mat had been bunched up and shoved under the door, preventing us from being able to open the door. There was no window in the bathroom and no other exit, so there was no way someone could block the door and then be able to escape. On top of that, when we finally managed to open the door entirely, we saw that the basket of potpourri that had been on a shelf was now on the floor, upright and empty, with all of the potpourri scattered in the sink, the tub, and the floor. My grandma and I were completely baffled. Did you bring a ghost home with you? She asked me. Weeks later, my friends and I were invited to a sleepover at a new friend's house. She knew nothing about Emily Rose, and we were excited to whisper all of our experiences to her in the dark. She was obviously spooked, but assumed that we were exaggerating and pulling her leg. The next morning, we all awoke in our sleeping bags on the floor, only to find a red smeared handprint on the Uh. wall next to where our new friend slept. It looked like blood. We scrambled to make sense of it. Did someone have a bloody nose? We checked all of our hands and faces and saw no traces of blood on anyone. I sometimes even wonder if we made it all up, but then I always remember seeing her mother on her knees, scrubbing away at the blood on her wall. We were never invited back. Fast forward a year or so. I was at Abby's house in a new suburban development at the edge of dense woods. We had explored the woods many times and had come to call a large, rocky area Emily Rock. We decided to hike up to Emily Rock, only to encounter something we had never seen before. A few yards away from the trail, right by Emily Rock, was a wooden plaque nailed to a tree that read, In Loving Memory of Emily. Whoa. We couldn't believe it. We had hiked this trail several times and had never seen this this plaque before. In fact, it was downright impossible for this plaque to have always been there and us not to see it. We touched it. We looked. It looked old and weathered and like it had been there for years. But how could that be? We immediately ran back to Abby's house to call Audrey. She came right over and we anxiously took her back up the trail to Emily Rock to show her the plaque. When we returned, it was gone. We thought maybe we had mistaken the location of the plaque, so we searched all the tree areas. We searched the ground to see if it had fallen. We searched the trees to see if we could find nail holes. Where had it gone? Suddenly, there was a scream in the distance. We all met eyes to see if we had all heard it. Then we heard a young woman cry out, Get away from me! Stop! No! Electrified, we all began to run in the direction of the screams. No! Stop! Please! We stopped. Suddenly, the screams came from the opposite direction. Again, we sprinted toward the direction of the sound. Another scream encouraged us forward. Please get off! No! Our running slowed to a stop as we scanned the woods, looking for the girl and the source of her torment. One of of us tried to yell back, Where are you? But our voices didn't carry at all. In fact, it fell completely flat, like we were in a yelling vacuum. Somehow, it occurred to all of us that if anything happened to us, no one would hear it. Then another scream in the opposite direction, then another scream in another direction, and another and another and another. The screams always sounded the same, always sounded the same distance away, but never got closer and never were coming from one single direction. No matter how far we went, we never got closer to the sounds of the screams. The horrible pleading surrounded us on all sides like a gut-wrenching and twisting game of call and response. On top of that, we realized that we no longer recognized where we were in the vast woods. 
The screaming intensified, but it wasn't our goal to find the source of it anymore, but rather to run home. Where was home? We ran in the direction we thought was the edge of the neighborhood, ignoring the screams that surrounded us. Instead of the neighborhood, we found Emily Rock. The screams stopped. Now oriented, we ran down the path the entire half mile back into the neighborhood. When we finally got to Abby's house, we found her dad's binoculars and scanned the forest lines for hours. It seemed to be the only thing we could do at the time. I'm not sure what exactly we were even looking for. We never saw anything come out of the woods, and we also never had another paranormal experience that we could attribute to Emily Rose. Now, I mostly pretend we made it all up and that Emily Rose was a game that went too far. A friend of mine, I told recently, wondered if what we experienced was an echo of Emily's trauma and whatever happened to her, whatever she experienced in those woods. Perhaps she lured us in to share it with us. I have since researched missing Emily's in the area and haven't turned up anything. It's a common name and the missing persons list is expansive, so she could be any of them. Regardless, this will probably be the last time I tell this story. I recently attempted to tell a group of friends when a deeply sensitive and in-tune friend begged me to stop. She doesn't like when you talk about her, they said. What? I don't know what I believe anymore. Past the experiences suggested, but past experiences suggest that they may be right. Anyways, that's the story. Thanks again for the spooks, and I look forward to many, many more episodes. Hey. How insane is that? That was interesting, like, what you were saying before the story. Like, I wonder, okay, let's, if this, okay, let's just say this entity is real. Uh, let's say this entity is the spirit of a for, former person named Emily okay. who, who did have something bad happen to them and disappeared. Then did that person's spirit kind of steer her mom and then steer her later to believe oh. in this polter, this, you know, this whatever, like ghost friend. Yeah, yeah. But as opposed to them thinking they made up the name Emily, Mm -hmm. was that name kind of planted in their minds by the spirit of a girl who really was named Emily? I mean, it's entirely possible. Like what she said, trying to like eventually bring them to this place and pull them into the trauma she experienced. Yeah, that's just crazy. There's just so many bizarre details of like, you know, thinking that she saw someone in the woods at her yeah. house and then time goes by and then they, you know, I mean, I get it. Kids make up these stories like, you know, yeah. I mean, it's funny. Like I would do the same thing like, oh, yeah. maybe it was the hobo like we say in our house when things go missing, you know. Sure, sure. And it's like, OK, so she thought she saw it when she was at her house. Then her other friend moves into another neighborhood and then they find feelings of her there like not the yeah. same neighborhood where it originated then they name that rock then then the uh, the plaque on the trees and then to go back and the plaque is gone I, it's just too many weird things and the ending quite frankly is what did me in her this uh the author rachel telling this story to a new friend and the friend saying who's like an empath and you know very yeah. much witchy and all the things is yeah. like stop it stop, stop talking about it yeah it's just too much my, my mind's going to this weird place now. We're just thinking about like, you know, our imaginations mm-hmm. and we think we're making up this story and we're <gasps> making up this thing. But what if really it's some force out there oh my God. handing us that story? Oh, my God. And like, that, that's like a Stephen King thing where he talked about how he doesn't write these stories. I remember reading this a long time ago and, it, and it, I loved it and it kind of gave me the chills. But he's like, uh, I unearth these stories, and when I tell them, I just try not to ruin them. Like, they already exist somewhere. Yeah. And he's just trying to, to deliver them to an audience. And what a freaky thought that that is when we're— That clown is not real. We're, we're, we're writing these Uh-oh. screenplays. We're writing these horror novels. What if they're 
They're real somewhere, Mm-mm. and we're pulling that into this plane or whatever. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe that's why you're so afraid of clowns, because you know that there's really clown killers that live in the sewers. <laughs> you know, that's a weird thing. I just thought about sewers. It, where we live, uh-huh. there's not sewers like there were sewers when I was a kid growing up. You know, in it, how no, there's— Not every city has, like, that um, big underground kind of sewer system. There is pipes and all that kind of sure, stuff. Sure, of course there and is. There's manholes, but but not the same ways there would be in, like, Cleveland or something. Right. I'm just thinking about, like, the neighborhood— Or especially, like, New York. Right. I was thinking about the neighborhood that I grew up in. Mm. It's just like the movie It, where we have that thick uh, curbing yep. down the street. And that's a little gutter. Yeah, but everyone had one in front of their house. Every single house had one. They all float down here. Yeah. Yeah. Go for a swim. (laughs) Yeah, this story where I thought you were going with the imagination, and this is kind of where you were going, is just that, you know, every time you think you hear something, you think you see something, is it something from the other side? And you really do see it and you really do hear it. It's whether or not you're going to follow that path. Are you going to Stephen King it? Uh, Are you going to try and unearth their story? Something kind of tapping on you from the other side. Interesting thoughts. Did I tell you that I heard voices in the house today? You did. Oh, my God. So I was at home getting ready by myself. You were ready at work. And I for sure heard voices upstairs. And then um, the dogs came running downstairs. And there wasn't a package delivered. The doorbell wasn't rung. No TV flipped on. There's some dude living in our attic. Oh, my God. Probably. That guy from Denver. What's weird is it sounded like girls. So I guess maybe it could have been the neighbor Uh, kids. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, it's funny. I got a little spooked myself last night. I was, I'm, and now I'm watching the Bly Manor. Oh, yeah. Thing, and I was staying up working on some time suck research and you were in bed. Yeah. And I hadn't like spooked myself in a while. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we have those that bowl of M&Ms downstairs. And I just wanted yeah. a couple of M&Ms. We got the peanut butter ones. We got the peanut ones, the regular ones. Yeah, you get a little combo going. And it's, and it's like I forgot that sometimes the basement freaks me out. And I was like, yeah, I'm just go grab some M&Ms. And it's like totally quiet. The dogs go towards our room. And then all of a sudden I'm walking down the steps. And I'm like, oh, it's totally dark. And I'm by myself down here. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went from big brave like, oh, I totally want to see something. I want to have that experience. So like, please, not now. I just want a couple M&Ms and then I'm going to go to bed and I don't need to see a demon. And I was just like very, very freaked out. My- I did such a speed walk across, grab M&Ms and then just like only staring at the stairs, not going to look in any other direction and walk as fast as I can back to the next floor. The worst is when the dogs go down there at night to like, excuse me, to find whatever toy it is they're looking yeah. for. And they get almost back to the stairs and then they look to their right. It's like, do not do that, Gigi. Well, yeah. They see the fight camp thing. Right. And it's like they can't process it. Even during the day with all the lights on, I see them yeah. looking at it. Uh-huh. But at night when you're also scared. Yeah, you're like, oh, they see a monster. Mm-hmm. It's fucking terrifying. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, do you want to hear about some Mexican folklore? I do. Yeah, I. this is so cool because I had never heard about this. It's the superstition of the – okay, let, let me uh, – <laughs> I have it. I thought they, you said like some witch. La, La Chusa Brew House. Okay. Brujas. Brujas. B-R-U-J-A-S? Yeah. Probably Brujas. Brujas. I'm, yeah. I'm not saying it with the right accent, but yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to try for the right accent. Like, I, I know I don't have an ear for language, so I just give it the best that I can. Napoleon Dynamite, you should say, like, Brujas. Nice. Didn't your dad like, say... Like, quesadilla. What, what would your dad say? Uh, jalapenos. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's hear about, let's uh, but, hear about but this you know this? Do you know this? I don't know. I've never heard of this. Okay, uh-huh. okay. Well, so just so you know, it's uh, a superstition that... Um, these that women begin as normal human women, mm-hmm. and then they sell their souls to the devil in order to gain mystical powers. Okay, interesting. Very yeah. interesting. Okay. Hey, guys. My name is Anissa. I'm from Planada, California, and I've been living in Atlanta, Georgia since 2013. My coworker put me on to scare to death, and I've been scaring the hell out of myself at work ever since. Yes. 
I told her I loved the podcast and that I wanted to share a recent and creepy situation that happened to my mom, brother-in-law, brother, and sister-in-law. Before I jump into the tale, I want to give a little bit of backstory. So my stepdad is from Mexico, and he's always been very scared of owls, which Uh we all found amusing and (laughs) thus used to make fun of him for it. Once, when I was a teen, he came running into the house after drinking with the guys. His face was pale, and he looked so scared. We asked him what was wrong, and he pointed at an owl in one of the trees. We all started to laugh, and he went on to say that back home, owls were believed to be witches. No one believed him, and of course, we chalked it up to old superstitions and too much to drink. Over the years, he continued to tell us stories of the Lechuzas and how they came after drunk men and other strange superstitions. When we grew up and had kids of our own, he worried us to be out on the lookout for the Lechuza Bruas because they also come after the souls of young children. Side note, upon looking into these superstitions, I discovered that they're also believed to be the omens of death or bad things to come. In two thir- As an example, in 2013, I had this really vivid dream of a family get-together. We were all outside, having a good time, when suddenly a big white owl appeared. It kept its eyes on me and glided down from the top of the tree line. It never took its eyes off of me, and I couldn't take my eyes off of it. It took a nosedive straight for me, and as it flew into me, I awoke. A few hours later, I was given the news that my aunt Sarah had died in a fiery car crash. I told my parents and my stepdad freaked out. Brujas, he said. That doesn't really have anything to do with the story. It was just to toy around with the credibility of the superstition. Back to the story. About a year ago, my stepdad was in the process of getting his citizenship here, and his last step was to go back to the Mexican embassy for an interview. A law was changed, and his paperwork was no longer valid, and now he had to stay. Since he's been gone, a lot of weird and just unfortunate things have been happening to my mom. Recently, I got home from work as my mom, brother-in-law, brother, and sister-in-law pulled in simultaneously. We all live in the same apartment complex, but in different buildings. Mm -hmm. My mom came up to my car and looked absolutely distraught. She was almost in tears and visibly shaken. She starts mixing up her words and says, it turned into a lady. What are you talking about, mom? I said, an owl, she said. I started to brush her off and walk inside when she grabbed my arm and started to tell me what had happened. She said they were driving down a back road. There were no streetlights, so they were driving with the high beams on. She was driving, my brother-in-law was in the front seat, and my brother and sister-in-law were in the back. Out of nowhere, there's this giant owl that swoops slowly across the road. My mom screamed, what the fuck is that? (laughs) My brother and sister-in-law were screaming in fear. My my brother-in-law was on his phone and missed the initial sighting, but as he looked up to see what the fuss was all about, the owl swooped in front of the car once again. This time it was different. It had the body of a woman what? Where, who was wearing an old-timey dress. Its face was owl-like, but absolutely not human. My mom could only think of my stepdad and all his superstitions about the Lechuza Brujas. She said, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, while making a cross with her fingers in the air, the owl woman then transformed again into a smaller bird and flew off. At that exact moment, the vision cleared, and they were about to hit a van head-on. She said they didn't even know where this van had come from, as it was randomly parked on this back road. They all had they had, had their high beams on and didn't see it at all. 
Well, looking into the superstitions, it says that the lechuzas or owls or witches or whatever the hell they are have been known to run people off the roads and some can even carry men off to their deaths. I'm not huh. sure what to believe, but I'm starting to think these superstitions are not so far-fetched. Yeek. How weird. Yeah. Weird that multiple people would see something that uh, out there. I mean, like, uh, you know, you know, I've never the, even seen an owl. Owls are fucking creepy looking. I've never seen not. I mean, I've seen one they're at the big. zoo. They're, but like they're bigger than like their wingspans, like they're bigger than you would think. OK. And they're just a weird looking bird. And they are active at night, uh, you know, like hunting and stuff. Where do you see owls? They're out in the woods. They're out there. Yeah. Out and about. And maybe because I grew up in a, a, a city. Yeah, and then I lived in another then, city, and even now you don't it's see not him like, as often. Well, and I was just thinking, like I've never lived, you know, on ten acres in the middle of nowhere, yeah. or just in a a very um, dense forest area. I mean, I know I, there's forest around us, but I don't live in it. I can't remember a time I've seen one when, when I wasn't driving. I know I have. I just can't like form for the memory moment. But I, but I, why do they stand on the edge of the road? I know they're <laughs> That's the creepy. They always stand there. Yeah, they're, they're always on the very side of the road. What? Mm-hmm. It's warm, and they stand there, and that's how they all get hit. <laughs> I, I just assumed that they would only be in a tree or flying. Why do they stand? Why do they stand on the side of a road? Probably what Joe's saying, like it's warm, but they're but they're just um, yeah, they, they are always like oh shit, like you uh, you never expect, or at least I don't. It's like they're just they just look so different than a hawk or any other yeah. kind of bird, raven, whatever. You know, they just um they just have a weird look and they're weird eyes. How big are they? I can't remember wingspan, but I, I but I remember when I looked into it before, I was just like, wow, they are way bigger than I expected them to be. Bigger I mean, than I mean, a bald there's, eagle? there's different kinds of owls. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. Okay. But but like substantial. I mean, I don't have a, a Google in front of me, but That's I, okay. I, I want to say five, six, seven feet at least That's wingspan substantial. for like a yeah. like a what is it, a great horned owl? The like the bigger ones. I literally know nothing about owls. All right, I'll, here we go. Tell us, Joe. Yeah, what's so a, the great horned owl okay. range in length huh? from seventeen to twenty five inches. Dang. Right, just a little bodies right so the average yeah. is 22 inches so yeah and then their wingspan is three to five feet yeah like five feet yeah that, that's a big fucking wingspan that's insane yeah i don't know why i'm like sort of embarrassed i'm like oh, i really know nothing about owls <laughs> yeah they're, they're weird little weird little animals Ugh. who was the person that shared that story with us that was our friend Sorry. she has such a beautiful name uh, Anissa. 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 Yeah. Thank you, Anissa. Yeah. That was a yeah, definitely a, a, a different story. I've I never like heard. It. I've was never heard that, that folklore. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was good. It was. And do you have? Uh, I do some thank yous. Yeah. Go for it. I will uh, thank the following Annabelle's. Thank you for supporting what we do here at Scared to Death. Uh, Janice Sigmund, Ryan Maxwell, uh, Katiri Eichler, Jack D. Cooper, Laura Crandall, Jamie Butler, Ryan Duckworth. Joshua Lynch, Tim, no last name given, Pewish McGuire, Pewish, Pew, there we go, Pewish McGuire, uh, Melody Hinton, Courtney Brooks, Dalton Hammond, Hallie Yates, and Angie Webb. Good job. I was hoping to get you with Pewish. Pewish, yeah. I, uh, I, my mind added the I. Yeah, it's Pewish. Pew. Okay, well, I would like to thank the Annabelles, Robin Reeks, Ian Filbert, Alejandra Espinoza, Chelsea Mellick, Carson Sweeney, Patrick Mink, Dylan Loesch, Jordan Karsten, Danielle Hayes, Megan Pawlik. This is my favorite one. Fat Ghostbuster. Whoever you are, I I love you and I want to hug you. Uh Devin Dorsey, Amanda, no last name given, Margaret McCormick, and Leslie Phillips. And 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 Spoopy spoopy Shoutouts. Spoops. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, okay, to Matthew from Hannah, happy birthday. To Kenna from Caleb, happy 21st birthday. That's a big one. To Tiffany from Daniel, also happy birthday. <laughs> to Jonathan from Beth, love you. And to Ethan, a.k.a. Elk from Rachel, uh, thanks for getting her hooked on the show and bringing us our first story today. Yes. And to Lanny from your BFF, Maggie, happy birthday. Aw. Um, and, and that is our show today. And thanks, uh, everyone, also for the ratings and reviews. We yes. appreciate those every single week, Creeps and Peepers. And a big thanks to Mustafa. A big thanks to Mustafa. Yeah, be sure and check out his book. We'll let you know when it's for coming sure. out. But him and Brandon's book, Formula of a Haunting, is what he thinks the title will be. And hopefully we'll get to go on a ghost hunt with him at some point this year. Oh. Uh, keep sending your personal tales of terror to my story at scaredtodeathpodcast.com. Email us for everything else at info at scaredtodeathpodcast.com. Thanks to Logan Keith on social media uh, for the badmagicmerch.com merch design as well. Uh, you can email store at badmagicproductions.com for any customer service inquiries. Thanks to producer Sophie Evans for help with story curation. Joe Paisley for producing and directing today. Zach Cohen for custom soundbed creation. Heather Rylander for organizing the My Story emails. And Liz Hernandez for helping to... Uh, admin the at scared to death podcast um private facebook group creeps and peepers sorry that was down a while back Uh, (laughs) facebook jail facebook police have been out in force uh the zuckerberg morality police really been cracking down this year so that's fun we have we have too many uh words that are keywords for getting shut down because it's not about context so it's like death cults murder Uh. blah 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 like Sorry. Uh, subscribe to Bad Magic Productions on YouTube if you want to watch the show. You can watch Mustafa talking to us today. Yeah. And uh, if you want monthly bonus episodes, check out our Patreon. Get the entire catalog ad-free and more. Again, keep an eye out for Mustafa's upcoming book and for new episodes of Ghost Hunters. I hope they find a new network soon. Enjoy your nightmares, creeps, and peepers. Hope you were scared to death. If spirits threaten me in this place... Fight water by water and fire by fire. Banish their souls into nothingness and remove their powers until the last trace. Let these evil beings flee through time and space. Evil may pass through but has no home here within scared to death. You ever meet someone who seems kind of off? Whether it's a creepy neighbor or random phone number that keeps calling you, Truthfinder has you covered. You can search for people by name, address, phone number, email, and more. Truthfinder can be especially helpful for running confidential background checks on anyone you're planning to meet from online dating apps. Go to truthfinder.com slash podcasts for a special offer. That's truthfinder.com slash podcasts to access your special offer today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com.